Good morning, everyone. I want to welcome you to CVAG Church. Uh, I'm so glad that you could join us today. Listen, no matter what you're going through, this is a day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, God's arm is not short that he cannot save, nor his ear that he cannot hear. God hears our promises, and we're standing on the promises of God. And God has promised that he can keep that thing which I've committed unto him against that day. Come on, he's just begun a good work in you. He will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, I know the anointing of God is here because my thing is song lyrics for some reason. Everybody in my church knows that. And as I'm sitting here waiting to get everything set up, I thought about the words of a song just popped in my head. It says, I'm standing on the promises of Christ, my Savior. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God. I'm standing on the promises that cannot fail. Even though the storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God, I shall prevail. I'm standing on the promises of God. Come on, guys. We're standing on his promises. And God is for you. He's not against you. Now, everybody's mind is on the COVID-19 virus naturally. You probably heard so much about that that you don't want to hear about it anymore. <laughs> but some of the stuff that I'm hearing, I'm like, I, I'm not here to judge anybody and to make myself higher or smarter or no more than anybody else. But some of the things that I'm hearing, you know, this is God's judgment on humanity. The book of Revelation is being fulfilled. This is prophecy being fulfilled. If that's true, I, I mean, if I knew for sure that was true, I'd be saying the same thing. But is that true? You know, the, the COVID-19 virus, the, the, the coronavirus is a pandemic. But we got to keep this in the right perspective. This is not the first pandemic that we've had, and it's definitely not the worst. Because other people in the past have, have experienced things just like this, and they've said some of the same things. It seems like every time something like this happens, people say, well, you know, God, the, the end times are being fulfilled, and, and this is God's judgment. I mean, for example, in, in 541 to 542 for a whole year, we had the first bubonic plague. There was 25 million people died in that plague. The worst one in history was in the 1300s, 1346 to 1353. It was a seven-year period that, that the world experienced what was known as the Black Plague. They called it the Black Death. It was caused by fleas off of rats biting people. There was 500 million people infected with that. And out of that, that was half the world's population now. Half of that, I mean, out of that infected group, 200 million people died. 200 million people died from that. Well, naturally, people said, it's the end of time. It's God's judgment on humanity. In 1910, the, the cholera epidemic, uh, something like 800,000 people died. In 1913, the, the Spanish flu, a lot of people making comparisons to this with the Spanish flu because there's some similarities in, in how humanity is responding to this because like the Spanish flu was like the first time that they'd had anything like that. They didn't have antiviral medicines and antibiotics and people's hygienes were not good and they were in we were in a war, World War One, and, and so there was 500 million people infected with that. That was one-third of the world's population. 
And out of that, 100 million people died. Right here in America, 675,000 people died from the Spanish flu. 1915, they had the uh, encephalitis. There was eight, like 800,000 people died in that. Now, just to kind of give you an idea in perspective, right now from the coronavirus, there's been 59,145 people just before I made this podcast. That was the number of people that has died worldwide. And here in America, 7,000 people have died. Now, I'm not making light of that number. I mean, that's a lot of people. A lot of, a lot of people are hurting because of that. But when we, when we consider what's going on in the world and what has gone on, even just in the 21st century, there were 63 separate epidemics. Six of them were worldwide. Things that we're familiar with, SARS in 2002. 2009, we had the H1N1 virus. It was 575,000 people died from that. And that was, that was just 11 years ago. Was it 11? Well, you do the math. In 2012, we had MRSA. And then in 2013, you had the Ebola virus. 11,300 people died from that. 2015, you had Zika. Now, each time one of these pandemics uh, was, was, was spread around the, the, the country, around the world, people cried out to God. All right, people turn to God in moments like this. And the Bible says that God will hear our cries when we call out to him. And he did. And he healed our land. But people went right back to doing the same thing that they did before they cried out to him. You know, they went right back to their old ways. So we, we asked the question, were these plagues from God, or are they just a part of the curse? Because see, when Adam fell in the garden, God cursed the earth. He cursed man. Not that God did it. We brought it on ourselves. I mean, God's not that's like big bully up there. I want to beat you up. That's not the deal at all. We deserve this because we brought this on ourselves by disobeying the commandments of God. So is this God's judgment on mankind because of his deeds. And if it is, then why would he do that? Why would he do something like that? Well, what we have to understand is our actions have consequences. If you break the laws of man, if I go out and rob a bank, then or any break any law, I'm gonna have to pay a fine or you're gonna have to go to prison or you can be put to death, you get a death sentence for breaking certain laws because there's consequences to my actions. And the Bible says in Galatians chapter six that don't be deceived. God will not be mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So if he sows to the flesh, that's sinful things, he will of the flesh reap corruption. But if he sows to the spirit, he will of the spirit reap everlasting life. So God tells us that you're going to reap whatever you sow. Now, a, a guy sent me a scripture this week that actually kind of led me in this direction of, of ministering on this subject this morning. It's out of Psalms 106, verse 29, and it says, Thus they provoked him to anger, talking about God. They provoked him to anger with their deeds, and the plague broke out among them. So we, we see that actually that sometimes God would deal with his children 
with plagues and, and with famine and with, with uh, enemy armies coming against them. And so in, in this case, David is writing about the history of the children of Israel when they disobeyed God and broke his commandment that he let a plague break out among them. Verse 30 says, Then Phinehas stood up and intervened, and the plague was stopped. And my brother sent me that, that he shot me a, a text, and he said, We need to be another Phinehas. We need to be intervening for the body of Christ and for the world, you know, because the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much, the Bible says. But it went on. I read the rest of it, and it says, and that was accounted to him for righteousness to all generations forever. They angered God also at the waters of strife so that it went ill with Moses on their, the account of them because they rebelled against his spirit so that he spoke rashly with his lips. They did not destroy the peoples concerning whom the Lord commanded him because God told him to go in and destroy this evil people and they didn't do that. They mingled with the Gentiles and learned their works. Boy, that's something we could, we could say that the body of Christ uh, has been guilty of today because sometimes, and forgive me if it sounds judgmental, but sometimes it's hard to distinguish people who profess to know Jesus from people that don't. You know, the Bible says that we should be identified by our, our, our witness. And we should be like Christ, you know, and the Bible says to come out from among them and be separate. And, and the, the children of Israel did the same thing. They went into the, the Gentile world, the, the unsaved, the, well, the, the, the unreligious world, and learned their evil ways in their works. It says they served their idols, which became a snare to them. And even the sac they sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons. <laughs> you know, the, the, the abortion in, in the world today, in, in the, the abortion industry, really is, in my mind, is a money racket. Those that's committing abortions, it's all about the money. The people that's, and, and I don't want to be harsh here, but some people that are having abortions, it's young girls that are pregnant and they're afraid and they don't know what to do. And, and God, I have, I have compassion for them. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, I don't hate them. I'm not a hater. But I'm saying when you take the life of the unborn, some people do it because it's just an inconvenience. They don't want to be inconvenienced. They want to go back out and party and stuff. And, and so, in a sense, they're, they're sacrificing the life of their child so that they can go and enjoy themselves. And it's not really that much difference in what the children of Israel is doing. It says they shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Thus they were defiled by their works and played the harlot by their deeds. Therefore the wrath of the Lord was kindled against his people so that he abhorred his own inheritance and he gave them into the land of the Gentiles and those who hated them ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them and they were brought into the subjection under their hand. Many times he delivered them. And that's true. God has delivered the children of Israel over and over and they would go right back to doing the same thing that they did before he delivered them. And guys, we could say the same thing when we see all of these plagues. If it was the judgment of God, and it's very possible that it was, I would not be surprised that it was because we see throughout biblical history when the children of Israel would disobey God, he would bring correction to bring them back into obedience to him. They would cry out, he would deliver them, they'd go right back into the same thing again. It's almost if we're seeing this, the pattern continue even through modern history. 
go right back to the same thing. And then the next thing you know, there is another pandemic or something. And possibly, I'm not saying it is the judgment of God. I don't know. I really don't. That, some people are saying that emphatically. I, I can't make that statement. But I wouldn't be surprised if God isn't judging the people. To, and he doesn't do it to be mean. He does it as corrective to bring you back into a right relationship with, with the God of creation. And so he did this. He says he, he delivered them many times, but they rebelled in their counsel and they were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cries and for their sake, he remembered his covenant and relented according to the multitude of his mercies. We have to remember, guys, there is nothing that we have ever done that we deserve the mercy of God. The word grace means unmerited favor. And God gives us his grace. We don't deserve that. All we deserve, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And every last one of us are guilty of breaking God's laws and his covenants, which is sin. And so God doesn't have to be merciful to us, but he is merciful. And the thing about God, if we will just turn to him, he will forgive us. We see two different people here. He said, those that cry out to him, he hears them. If the world today will cry out to God, he will hear you. And we see Phinehas, a man of God, interceding for the people. Guys, those that are, that are living lives that are right before God, I have always believed that God will hold back his judgment for the righteous sake. And if people will cry out and intercede on behalf of their nation, their family, their, their friends, anyone, God will intervene because he says he hears the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man. They accomplish great things. They availeth much, the King James says. And so we see one man who is a man of God interceding. We see the world turning to God. And in either case, God will hear you. And because of his mercy, he will relent. If this is God's judgment, I can tell you what, you can throw all the medicine in the world you want at this. And until God says it's over, it's not over. Now, thinking along those lines, I thought about another passage of scripture as, as I was pondering on this. And it, it's in the book of Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah was a prophet in, to the last king that ruled over Israel before they went into captivity by the Babylonians. And he's warning them because they have gone so far away from God. He is prophesying what's going to happen to them. And as I was reading this, there is such a parallel between what he was warning them about and what we see going on in America and around the globe today in the way that people relate to God. I heard just this week, uh, just the most upsetting statistics on Christianity in America. It said in the main line evangelical church, only 6% has a biblical worldview. It said it's down from 12% 25 years ago. I'm not. 12% is nothing to celebrate. That's horrible to think that we only have 6% of the evangelical Christians who call themselves Christians 
that has a biblical worldview and we wonder why God would be upset if in fact this is God's judgment on us? I wouldn't be surprised at all. I really wouldn't. Because listen to what Jeremiah said. It's Jeremiah 6 beginning at verse 10. He says, to whom can I give warning? Who will listen when I speak? Their ears are closed and they cannot hear. They scorn the word of the Lord. They don't want to listen at all. I have never seen the word of God in Christianity come under such attack that as I have seen over the last 10 to 15, 20 years. I'm 66 years old. I've been here for over a half of a century. And I have seen when people really feared God and when they went after God with their whole heart, when morality, there was a, a measure of morality in the nation. But I have seen that. Not, it's not on a slippery slope. Friend, I'm telling you, it has leaped off the cliff. And so we're, we're, I can see a parallel. He said, verse 11, so now... Jeremiah is saying, now I am filled with the Lord's fury. Yes, I am tired of holding it in. I will pour out my fury on children playing in the street and on gatherings of young men, on husbands and wives, and on those who are old and gray. In other words, everybody from the children to the old people need to hear what Jeremiah is saying. He said their homes will be turned over to their enemies, as will their fields and their wives. For I will raise my powerful fist against the people of this land, says the Lord. Come on, brother. I'm, I'm telling you, if you're going to duke it out with somebody, you don't want it to be God. And what the Lord is saying through his prophet to his people who have turned their back on him is I'm going to fight against you because of the way you're behaving. He says in verse 13, from the least to the greatest, their lives are ruled by greed. From the prophets to the priests, they are all frauds. They offer superficial treatments uh, to the people's mortal wounds. They give assurance of peace when there is no peace. In other words, they're getting up and putting these cheese-eating grins on their face and, oh, God, is everything is going to be fine. Everything is so good. And it's like, no, it's not. It, it, when, when, when the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. If they will pray, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their, heal their land. Come on, when the, when the people of, I'm not talking about the world. Listen, to, it would be an unrealistic expectation for me to see the whole world repent and turn back to God. But at least the church, people who are called by his name, people who profess themselves to be Christians that have, don't even have a biblical worldview. My goodness, come, come on. We need to get our hearts right with God once again. Because I, I see what Jeremiah is saying to the, the children of Israel. He said he wouldn't even listen. Their ears were dull. They didn't want to hear it. And a lot of people, I, maybe some people's even turned this video off already because you don't want to hear it. And, and I'm not angry. Listen, I'm saying this because I'm trying to help you and help this situation. And people are saying it's going to be okay. Peace, peace, when there is no peace. It's not, it's not going to be okay. Verse 15, he says, 
are they ashamed of their disgusting actions? Not at all. They don't even know how to blush. He says they're not ashamed of their, of their actions. You say, well, what actions? Listen, the morality in this nation, it, it has gone so far in, into darkness. It, it's unreal. In Galatians chapter 5, it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful flesh, the results of it are clear. Sexual immorality. You can't even turn the TV on. I can't even get, I can't even get on my iPhone and try to look at Facebook or Google something without nudity and sexual. I mean, sex is selling like, and, and I'm thinking, what, what is a naked, half-naked woman got to do with buying a part for my lawnmower? Are you serious? I mean, it's, it's, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. He says, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let them not be, uh, let me tell you again that I, as I have said before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. He says in Ephesians 5, he says, don't let sexual sins and perversions of any kind or greed even be mentioned among you. This is not a appropriate behavior for God's holy people. It's not right that dirty stories and foolish talk and obscene jokes should be mentioned among you either. Instead, give thanks to God. You know very well that no person who is involved in sexual sin perversion or greed, which means worshiping of wealth, can have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Don't let anyone deceive you with meaningless words. It is because of sins like these that God's anger comes to those who refuse to obey him. Don't be partners with them. So you see, Jeremiah was warning them. He says, will people be ashamed of their disgusting behaviors? And I see people not just in the world, but in the church that's behaving just like the world and they're not the least bit ashamed of it. The King James says, will there be any that's ashamed? It says, no, they will not be ashamed, neither will they blush. And I'm thinking things that still make me blush doesn't make people blush at all. And, and that's the world that we're living in today. Verse 16 says, this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly ways and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's not the road we want. What is he saying? You need to, stay. we're at a crossroads. America, we're, I don't know who's hearing this, we are at a crossroads and we need to stop. If this is in fact the judgment of God, we need to stop and say, you know what? We need to repent. We need to ask for the old ways. We say, what is the old ways? That is going back to a time that we have a godly a conviction that we holiness means something. Godliness means something. Turning from sin means something. Having a heart for God and a love for people. He said, this is the greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. And the second one is likened unto it. You will love your neighbor as yourself. 
we need to get back to the, 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 the old godly ways of living, separating ourselves from the sinful behavior of the world. Everything that the world deems is, is acceptable is not acceptable to God, and it shouldn't be acceptable to you and I. He goes on and says, I posted watchmen over you which said, listen for the sound of the alarm. What is, what is that talking about? Those are the men and women of God that still to this day preach the truth of God's word. That are the watch, they're the watchmen for your soul. The Bible says submit to those who have authority uh, uh, over you under the flesh because they watch for your souls. The watchman is the, is the minister that is preaching the truth of God's word and sounding the alarm, uh, telling you to come back to Christ. Uh, it says, but listen to the sound of the alarm. But they replied, no, we will not pay attention. Therefore, listen to this. All you nations, take note of my people's situation. Listen, all the earth, I will bring disaster on my people. It is the fruit of their own uh, uh, actions because they refuse to listen to me. They have rejected my word. There is no use offering me sweet frankincense from Sheba. Keep your fragrant calmness imported from distant lands. I will not accept your burnt offerings. What is he talking about? You can come in the church and you can jump higher than anybody in the church. You can shout louder than anybody in the church. You can clap louder. You can sing every word that's on the screen and sing it with passion. But if you go out and live the way the world lives, Jesus is saying that the sacrifice of praise that you're bringing me means nothing to me. Your words are sweet, but your life is shouting you down. Listen, you can live holy when you're in the church on Sunday morning. But when you walk out the door, you need to be living holy when you go out the door. When you're, when you're with your family, when you're in the marketplace shopping, when you're on the job working, wherever you are, you need to be living like you're in church. That's what he's saying. You need to be living the same way. Because if you don't, your offerings, he says, it doesn't mean anything to me. So he says, therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will put obstacles in my people's paths. Fathers and sons will both fall over them and neighbors and friends will die together. Is it possible? Is it possible that millions and millions of people have died over the years because of pandemics and outbreaks of viruses and stuff because they wanted away from God and God said, if he did this, listen, if he did this to the children of Israel, it would not be out of the realm of possibility that God is doing this today to say, wake up. Because listen, if God just says, I don't care, let them go ahead and live their sinful lives, and then you go to hell, God loves you too much to allow that. And if you're a father, if a father disciplines his son, he doesn't do it because he hates his son, because he wants to hurt his son he does it to help his son and if you read i think it's in the book of hebrews chapter 12 or romans 12 you can look it up it's talking about fathers that are evil they discipline their their children because they're exercised by that they do it for their good how much more will your father 
correct you when you're wrong. And if he doesn't correct you, then you're not his. You don't belong to him. He says you're an illegitimate child. So it is not outside the realm of possibility that God is doing this to say, wake up. Wake up, America. Wake up, world. You can't live like that and expect to be acceptable in my sight because it just doesn't work. Now, listen, I'm not trying to bum everybody out. I'm, I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm generally, I want to be optimistic. I really do want to be optimistic about all of this, and I am. I believe I'm standing on God's promises, right? I am, but I'm standing on God's promises on the side of righteousness because as much as I know, I try to live right before God, all right? I try to live right before God. I pray often the prayer that David prayed in Psalms 51. God, search me and see if there's any unclean thing in me. Search my heart, O God. And he said, create, a, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I pray that all the time. So for me, I'm not afraid of God's wrath because I'm living right with God. And even if I caught this thing and died with it, brother, I'm telling you, it's better for me on the other side than it is here. I heard a sermon one time says, you can't lose with the stuff I use. Amen. You can't lose with the stuff I use because whether it's here or there, I'm going to be walking with Jesus. Amen. So I want to be optimistic. But what I don't want to do is like the, I don't want to be like the orchestra that's playing while the Titanic is sinking. Now I can come in here and, and do like they did during the time of Jeremiah and say, oh, it's going to be all right. Peace. Peace when there is no peace. Guys, I'm telling you, it's, it's time for the world to wake up and get back to God. So here, here's the thing. Whether this is God's judgment or it's not, that kind of a lifestyle is outside of God's command and it's outside of Christ. And either way, whether this is God's judgment or not, people that's living outside of Christ need to repent. Repentance is required to make heaven our home, and the Bible makes that clear. And to give us his blessing and his favor, we need to be living a life of holiness and righteousness. So what I'm trying to do this morning, guys, and I hope you receive this in the right spirit, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying by what I'm observing in the world and what I observe in God's commandments, I don't see them lining up with each other. And I'm sounding the alarm. I'm calling the church and the world back to God. All right, I'm, I'm calling them back to God. That's all I'm saying. So I don't know who you are that's listening to me today, but listen, if you're living a lifestyle contrary to God's command and his laws, there's no future in heaven for you. I, I, don't, I don't mean to say that in a harsh way. I say it because I love you. I care about you. God loves you enough to, to tell you these things in his word. So I plead with you right now, wherever you are, just get before God and say, Lord, I, I don't want to be outside of your will. I don't want to be outside of your plan for my life. I want to commit my life to you. God, I want to get into your word and I want to learn from you. You know, I want to stand on the promises of God. And even though the, the storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God, I shall prevail because I'm standing on the promises of God. Learn what those promises are and claim them for you. Because listen, they are for you. 
Because one thing I do know, David said, I am old, and I once was young, but I have never seen God's righteous forsaken or his children out begging for bread. God does not forsake the righteous. So if you're not right with God, I plead with you today, commit your life to Christ. And, and guys, if you profess the name of Christ, you can, you can take me back to a day when you committed your life to Christ, but you have slipped and you're now living just like the world. You don't have any shame. You're not, you don't blush. Come on, guys. We need to clean our garments. The Bible says he's coming back for a, a church that's without, their garments are clean, without spot, without blemish. Don't be like the five foolish virgins. And if I'm not careful, I'll preach another whole sermon here. But you don't want to be like that. Get before God and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I have disappointed you. I've come short of your glory as a believer. I'm sorry that people can't look at my life and see as a, it's a testimony that would draw them and turn them to you. But instead, they can't tell any difference between me and the world. I'm sorry, God. And I ask you to, to create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And then you will be God's righteous. Come on, he'll take care of you and he will not forsake you. So the question today is, are we righteous? The word righteous just means in, to be in right standing with God. And the way that you do that, the Bible says that he that knew no sin, he became sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God through him. The way that you're made righteous is to bow your head before God. Why don't you do that with me right now and just say, God, I come before you in Jesus' name and I ask you right now, please forgive me of my sin. What this man on this video today is telling me is true about me. My life is not, it doesn't line up with your word. I don't live a life that is separated from the world of sin. I'm, I'm living more like the world and sinful people than I am like Christians ought to live. And I'm sorry, and I'm asking you, God, just to forgive me. I want to commit my life to you. I want to live my life for you. If you'll do that, I promise you, God is going to just do something in your heart. You're going to feel like a whole brand new person, and God is going to put you on the right path. Now, before we go, I want to just bless you and, and pray for you. God, we're continuing to lift up, God, the world. Lord, Phinehas went before you. He interceded for the children of Israel, God, and you stopped the plague. God, you told Abraham, if I could just find 10 righteous people in Sodom, I will not destroy that city. God, you was willing to save a perverted, just a horrible perverted group of people because of the righteous, Lord. And I know, Father, that you hold back your judgment for the righteous sake to this very day, God. So, Lord, I just continue to intercede Lord, for America, for people around the world. God, Italy is just in such horrible shape right now, God, because of this pandemic. Father, up in New York, Lord, it's, they're having, it's just a hotbed of this virus, Lord, down in Louisiana, God, and in, in other places like that. Lord, I'm not keeping up with all of it, but God, I know it's just, it's spreading like wildfire everywhere, God. And, and the president, he's trying to take steps, Lord, to keep people from spreading this disease. Lord, they're using very practical applications. Lord, the governor here in our state, God, in all the states, but just a few uh, right in the center of the nation are taking drastic measures to try to put a stop to this, uh, this, this 
pandemic, Lord. But God, we know that all those steps are necessary. They're good. They're helpful. But God, only you can put a stop to this. I believe that with all of my being, Lord, you can stop this, God. And I would ask you, Lord, to have mercy, Lord. You had mercy on the children of Israel. You heard their cry. God, I pray that you have mercy, Lord, and that you stop this, Lord, especially from those that are dying, Lord, by the thousands right now, and possibly those that's dying that don't even know you, Lord. Father, may they, if they are sick, Lord, oh God, may they hear your word, Lord, and give their heart to you before it's too late, I pray in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, as we close this morning, Lord, I speak a blessing over the body of Christ, Lord. I bless their home. Father, make it a refuge, God, an escape from the world, a place where you are honored. Lord, make it disease-free, God, bacteria-free, Lord. God, just let your glory and your presence just reside there. Father, the, the body of Christ is separated. We can't come together right now because we're honoring our government as we should. And Lord, I pray that that doesn't stop the presence of your glory right there as people worship you this morning, Lord. God, may your presence just fill their home right now. May your peace come over them, that you strengthen them through this time of darkness. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you until we meet again. I love you in the Lord, and I'm praying for you.